0: Matt was going to have special music for us this morning, but he is not here, and um, because our sermon is going to be very musically focused, we're going to forego this uh, special music this morning, but um, Brant is going to come and read our scripture reading for us from Philippians 3, verses 8 and 9. be some pretty dark days, Um, Shackleton's men, waiting for him to come back. And um, there was nothing, no work they could do to make him come any faster. All they could do was just sit there and wait. Uh, We've seen documentaries on the time that they spent waiting. They had hardly any food. They were starting to lose teeth because of their malnutrition But they kept waiting. And what a day it was when he finally landed. That is what we are waiting for, is a Savior who takes us not only through the dark times, he went through the dark times first um, to the very depths of what um, the death we should die would do. And he raised Back to life, giving us hope, a reason to wait. Um, Before his death, that night when they had the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn. And so today I want to just sing hymns and read you their stories because there's so much praise, um, and so much hope written into so many of the hymns, along with the reality of what we go through. Life isn't just all happy and joy. There's a lot of struggle and trial, too, but when you have Jesus, there is a focus um, other than what the world is doing to you. And that's what Jesus and his disciples um, shared together as they sang a hymn before he went out into that dark time in Gethsemane where he prayed, into that horrible um, sham of a trial, and into the crucifixion, that separation from his father and finally death, only to come back to life. So our hymn that we're going to sing first is going to be 522, if you want to turn there while I'm getting our story to read to us. 522, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. The story goes, Edward Moat, born in London on January 21st in 1797, was apprenticed to a cabinetmaker. During this period, at the age of 16, He was converted after listening to a sermon by the Reverend John Haight. He joined the Baptist Church two years later and lived in Southwark, south of the River Thames, and used to make a daily journey to the northern part of London to engage in his business. One day in 1834, he's now 37, as he went to work, an idea came into his mind that he should write a hymn on the gracious experience of being a Christian, Walking up Holborn Hill, he formed the words of the refrain, evidently taking them from the last part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which describes two men, one who built his house upon a rock, and the other, a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Later the same day, Mount completed four stanzas. The following Sunday, he was requested by a friend to visit his dying wife. His friend's custom for evening worship was to read the Bible and sing a hymn, but he could not find his hymn book. Mo brought out his four stanzas and refrain and offered to sing them instead, and they were greatly appreciated, which stimulated him to write two more stanzas. and He decided to have them printed and sent a copy on to the spiritual magazine. Where it was published, it was taken into hymn books in 1836 and 1837, and Moat included it with 99 others of his compositions in his Hymns of Praise, A New Selection of Gospel Hymns, in 1836. And he had it under the, under the title, The Immutable Basis of a Sinner's Hope. Let's sing 522. My hope is built on nothing less. found it really interesting the way that God used him in both the woman and the man's life that he visited there um, to breathe new hope into them. Here she's dying and God had given him this song of hope being built on nothing less than him. He then is all my hope and stay when everything around your soul gives way. I don't know how many of you feel like you've been in that spot where everything is giving way. I had a bad kidney disease back in 2006 is when it started, and for a year and a half I felt like everything was giving way. Um, I remember sitting at the kitchen table one day with a CD player on and our next song came and it began to play. And as I listened to it, knowing that I could hardly do my housework, um, my body hurt all the time. Because of that, I farmed my kids out to their grandparents most of the time. My mental state wasn't good because of the medications I was on. It just felt like a terrible, terrible time. And the song that played was, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." The part that caught my attention was in the refrain it says how I've proved him or and or and in my mental state right there I thought there's nothing in me that is strong there's nothing in me that can even you know do my housework or take care of my kids so how in the world could I prove Jesus over and over And um, in our last song, the last few words of the last verse said, Clad in his righteousness alone, faultless, we stand before the throne. And the Holy Spirit let me know it wasn't anything I was doing other than trusting in Jesus that proved him to be God. God stands with you just like he was talking about with Shackleton's men, crossing a mountain, only three of them, but they felt like there were four. And we know from Daniel's story, the three um, Hebrews that were in the fire, there were four. Jesus walks with us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us. And so our next song It's going to be Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, number 524. Let me find that story to read to you. Louisa M. R. Steed was born in Dover, England about 1850 and was converted at the age of nine. She emigrated to the United States in 1871 and settled in Cincinnati, Ohio. At a camp meeting, she volunteered to do missionary work in China, but was rejected because of ill health later she married but after a few years while on summer holiday she witnessed her husband lose his life in a gallant attempt to rescue a boy who was struggling against the undertow off a of long island beach she was left with her 4-year-old daughter lily without adequate support on one occasion she was reduced to such impoverished circumstances that there was no food left in the house. Her prayer to the Lord to provide was answered miraculously the next morning when she found a basket of groceries and money on her doorstep. This experience led her to write the words of this hymn. Steed's early desire was to be fulfilled, for she emigrated to South Africa on her own and was a missionary in Cape Colony for 15 years. In 1900, she married Robert Wodehouse, a South African Methodist minister. However, ill health caused them to go to America, where her husband served as a local Methodist pastor. They were able to return to South Africa and were missionaries in southern Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe, until her death at Pankridge near Umtali on January 18, 1970, 17, sorry. The tune, unnamed but sometimes called Trust in Jesus, was composed especially for these words by William James Kirkpatrick. Kirk Let's sing 524. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. When our trust is in Jesus, it is well with our soul. So that will be our next hymn. That's number 530, It Is Well With My Soul. Horatio Gates Spafford planned a trip to Europe for his wife and family, but at the last minute, he had to remain at home on business, so he sent them on ahead. His wife, Anna Lawson Spafford, and their four daughters, Maggie, Tanita, Annie and Bessie, aged from eight months to twelve years, they embarked on the ship Ville de Havre in November of 1873. Unfortunately, the ship collided with an English sailing ship, the Loch Earn, off Newfoundland, and sank within half an hour. Mrs. Spafford was rescued, but all four children were drowned the baby being washed from her mother's grasp. Ten days later, when the survivors were landed at Cardiff in Wales, she sent a cable to her anxious husband. Saved Alone Spafford sailed across the Atlantic to meet his wife, and both of them met the evangelist Dwight L. Moody in Liverpool. He comforted them in their tragic bereavement and noted their expression of trust and confidence in God in spite of their deep personal sorrow. It is well, they said, the will of God be done. Spafford had the cabled message, saved alone, framed and hung in his office, and on the occasion of Ira D. Sankey's visit in 1876, again expressed his resignation to God's will. It was then that he was inspired to put his thoughts into verse, and this hymn was written two years after the tragedy. One stanza is omitted in the Seventh-day Adventist hymnal. That stanza says, though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his blood for my soul. Number 530, It Is Well With My Soul. says and now Lord for what do I wait my hope is in thee our closing song will be number 600 hold fast till I come and it has a very very short little description of the song that I'll read you first Hold Fast Till I Come, this hymn appears in hymns and tunes, 1886, both words and music, being composed by Franklin Edson Belden. These words are a composite of Bible texts or portions, the theme being the solemn injunction to the Church of Philadelphia to endure to the end. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take your crown. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in thee. Just like Shackleton's men's hope was in him, and it didn't fail even more. Our hope in Jesus will not fail. Let's stand and sing 600.
1: 600. <music> Wee! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Father in heaven, we want to hold fast till you come. No matter how dark things are, thank you that you are the fourth man. That you walk through the fire with us, that you walk over the mountains with us, that we can hold fast knowing your promises are sure. You fulfill them all, and you are our life. Thank you that waiting For you is good. In your name we pray. Amen.